Haskell Business Brunch. So it's the first Business Brunch podcast of 2024 and I'm delighted that we have a returning guest today, Paul Edmund and a new guest to the podcast, Helen Burge. Thank you for joining me today. You're very welcome. So listeners will remember that Paul was on a previous episode a couple of years ago talking to us about his involvement in sustainability and the School Sustainability Network. So, um, Paul and Helen, do you want to introduce yourselves for those listeners that don't know who you are and give us a quick recap of your involvement in this space? Go on, Paul. Can I go first? Okay. Yes, please. So, my name is <laughs> My name is Paul Edmund. I am the Chief Finance and Sustainability Officer at Heart Academies Trust. I am a trustee of Diamond Learning Partnership Trust. Um, and I am also, I have the great privilege of being the co-chair of the UK School Sustainability Network Operations Group um, with Helen, which we set up a few years ago um, to run alongside the sort of main UK SSN network um, to support all the people who make schools work, so all the support staff, the operations teams, the finance teams, the HR teams, um, to help them make their schools sustainable um, and more, far more climate friendly. Helen. Hi, um, I'm Helen Burge. I'm Deputy Chief Operations Officer at the Priory Learning Trust, soon to be the interim CFO COO until the end of this academic year. Um, I am a trustee of ISBL and also a fellow of ISBL and I also have the pleasure of being the co-chair of the UKSSN Ops Group with Paul and um, I'm just going to add on to the list of names that you um, said are involved in our network Paul. We've also got governors and trustees in there but I'm sure you were thinking that because you'd already Absolutely. mentioned the word trustee when you introduced yourself. <laughs> Paul, I see your job title has changed since you were last on the podcast a couple of years ago. Quite a move forward. Do you want to just share a little bit and your thoughts around that? Well, it has. um, Sustainability has just become more and more a core of how we work. Um, And obviously we've got the DfE strategy um, that that came out quite a few years ago now, but has an aspiration that we have sustainability leads in all our schools and trusts by the start of next year. Um, We took the step though and said, well, actually, it's really important that we have a sustainability lead in our trust. Um, We also have sustainability leads in all our schools and in in all our departments. Um, So I have that that, that, um, sort of good fortune of um, being a sustainability lead. Uh, And it's quite interesting, I think, since last time we spoke, um, that role has actually become, I mean, I've seen seeing it more and more as a dedicated yeah. role where people are being employed now um, full time as the sustainability lead for their organisation. Now, I think it's, it's generally started in bigger trusts, um, probably driven by you know, resources, the availability of resources, but also it's forward thinking because everyone's going to need one. It's yeah. a complicated job. It needs a lot of CPD and it needs a lot of support. Um, and I think having the title or having the role in there gives that a focus and I think that's a really important focus and a really important signal to an organisation that you're taking sustainability seriously. I also think we're going to get some other roles like energy managers within trusts. I think we've got a few already but Mm. I think that's something where it's not just about analysing the data and understanding how we can make improvements but also those behaviour changes um, that we want to see across schools and trusts. 
interesting on that Helen I'd also add um, things like um, horticulture specialists nice. um, so rather than a grounds maintenance officer grounds maintenance manager um, I'm seeing now uh, there's not loads of them but there's certainly it, it's a role that probably wasn't there in too many places but is expanding is someone who actually knows how to look after trees and plants and flowers and and really develop biodiversity in an organization so it's not just a a little nice to have it actually becomes central to how you run your estate um so that you're absolutely right there are new roles emerging that are linked to sustainability and i think these are fantastic roles um yeah need lots more of them wow you heard it here here first folks on the askle business bunch podcast lots of new roles that's um really insightful thank you for sharing that and i think as the as the strategy evolves and people get on their sustainability journey, whether they're at the start, the middle or pushing ahead and being a real trailblazer on on this important topic, we will see things growing, evolving, yeah. developing. And part of the podcast today was about sharing that good practice um, inspiring people, really getting them on board, thinking about the DFE strategy that was actually published in 2022, which we'll touch on a little bit later. Um, but one thing that has absolutely gone from strength to strength is the school's sustainability network operations group, which is free. You both co-chair. Yep. I've attended some and took away lots of different pieces of information. Um, it is only an hour meeting out of your time, but actually really beneficial. And sometimes just hearing different stories and getting a bit more inspiration in something that you don't know much about is really helpful. Do you want to share with us the journey that you've been on the last couple of years since we last spoke, Paul, Helen? Uh, do you want me to start? Yeah. You can start, yeah. Um, well, we've grown, and I think that's a real indicator that um, people are getting more and more aware that they need to put sustainability as a priority in their organisation and they need support. And we've had, we, we I mean, the... the, the um, operations group has you know we've, we've only been in existence for two or three years um, and we've yeah. gone from quite a small group um, to hundreds and hundreds of um, schools of um, primary secondary we've got nursery we've got um, single schools so single local maintained schools all the way through to the biggest trusts in in the in the country special um, schools as well Absolutely. And they're all involved. And, they're, and the fantastic thing about it, as it's, as it's grown, they're all sharing more and more of what they're doing, um, asking questions, collaborating, uh, inspiring each other. Um, we've actually grown. So Helen and I realised about 12 months ago that we there just wasn't enough capacity for both just just Helen and I to run it. So we expanded the, the steering committee. So we've got Julie from St. Bart's Academy Trust and Kelly from Earth Cubs. Who both both have joined us and they're again offering their expertise and their insight um, and just helping us support as many schools and as many networks and as many people as we can on this sustainability journey. Go on Helen. Um, yeah Julie and Kelly joining us um, has, has been fantastic really um, giving it different insights and I think also helped Paul and I to sort of um, gather more energy more pace again because it, it can feel overwhelming running a network anyway but um about sustainability can be overwhelming 
and um, and just being able to to share who you're um, sharing those ideas with, expanding that group, has, I think has been helpful as well. And I think in our own network meetings, you know, we've had a focus. We're trying to focus on climate action plans, and we pick a particular topic um, on a sort of termly basis. And it's just really good to see that our own network is then leading those network sessions so you know we recently had um, a session about solar panels and we had a single um, academy trust primary school and a single academy trust secondary school talking about solar panels on their roofs and um, and if you ask those people you know a year ago are you going to be talking in a network session about um, your solar panels they probably would have said no um, so not only are they helping their schools it feels like we're helping school business leaders stepping out of their comfort zone, sharing their, their ideas with others. And the feedback has been amazing. And I think it's it's also good that the network's got that scalability of having a single academy um, or a local authority primary school and then a multi-academy, you know, a massive multi-academy trust. We've, we've, to, to be able to speak to all those um, different people, I think is really important. And I think um, we're just responding to what our network members are saying yeah. and are wanting and i think that that's really good Absolutely. i think i'd agree and i think no no i think i think what's interesting as well is what's come out of it is um the development of really good collaborations and partnerships with other organizations so mm. it's um, we said it's not really about UKSSN, it's about creating a space and then working with other people who are really interested in that space or have lots to offer in that space to see what we can do to have impact because that's really what we want is impact yeah um so we've developed fantastic relationships with you know organizations like let's go zero who are obviously working in in the sustainability and climate climate change space with schools and supporting schools um we certainly don't want to be sort of competing we want to be you know uh, working with each other and, and really celebrating each other um we've developed obviously um relationships with ASCOL and I think it's fantastic ASCOL are supporting sustainability um, ISBL individual trusts so we're working quite closely with trusts like United Learning and you know they have obviously have quite a lot of schools so it's 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 those collaborations that are making that are really adding so much more value to this to the network because then we can all add more into what we're doing and it makes the conversations richer we also benefit from you know amazing people who give up their time so we've had neil limbrick who yeah. since i last spoke to emma has built our website for us awesome. and he's done it for free and he's done it on his weekends and he's you know he's, he's built something that is fantastic that's just a, a space again more you know an online space where we can discuss things share things and go back to that 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 value that this has to be a free thing for people it's not we don't have yeah. barriers in the way so there's a space now where you can share resources you can share ideas you can kind of inspire other schools because we recognize that sustainability is difficult it's not the easiest topic it's got an awful lot of challenges to it but working as a sector and not waiting for somebody to give us the answers working to look together and collaboratively can make that real difference um and it's led to all sorts. It's led to all sorts of really, really good stuff. And we'll um, see at it's... the end of the podcast some more breaking news around that. Ah, well. I'm trying to think what else we've done. I mean, we've gone, um, we've spoken at loads of conferences, um, which has been fantastic. So conferences are inviting us. And brilliantly, they're not putting us anymore in the corner. 
it's you know center stage on the main stage come and talk to us about sustainability talk to local business network events uh the school and academy show university so i did a talk at uc at university college london um, so universities are really interested in it and they're really interested in sharing their expertise but working with us and developing our own expertise um we've and helen you probably talk more but we've done all sorts of um articles and papers and lots of really good stuff yeah it, it's really good and i think that to go back to what you're saying paul about universities they are really ahead of ahead of uh, schools and academies so what we can learn from university is really really important and obviously they've got research that's um yeah interesting to read um but i think we also have to as a network we have to be able to digest that information and then um help people that, to understand it and to apply it to their own organizations um so yeah we're, it's just great to be part of and we're also it's worth mentioning as well we're also part of the department for education's sustainability user group so yeah. we we can bring the voice of that group and the sort of challenges and frustrations and energy and you know all the good stuff as well into that group to hopefully help inform the DfE of what's working what's not working where their energy needs to be focused um because I mean we've always said it's 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 all very well one or two schools doing sustainability really well actually we need all schools to do Absolutely. sustainability really well or we're kind of failing um yeah. and therefore being able to make local change to be able to inform regional change and to be able to form change on a national level they're all really important as part of, sort of jigsaw pieces in this in this whole piece of work. So, yes, it's, it's good to be part of that, too. Amazing. I think some just reflecting on something you said there around um, hearing the different people on the calls, certainly the ones I've been on there, they are real life stories. They're not yeah. something you're just reading in a magazine or yeah. an article or on the Internet. This is the lived experience of business leaders making strategy vision and executing it and moving that forward which is great to see but also sharing the lessons learned don't yes. do this do it that way yes. that's just so valuable and we know the business leaders are time poor anyway so to shave some valuable minutes off and get some impact for their own agenda in their own schools is, is really important isn't it and I think one thing on our Askell Business Leader online forum we had a dedicated topic didn't we around sustainability you both spoke there we had some other great speakers um, from the Fed and from GNCC and one thing that I really loved what you said at the end was we share everything yeah. We're not about hiding things. And I think that's really important to share with people, too. There's so many things to access on that UK SSN um, upsite. So please do have a look and we'll we'll come on to later how you can get involved if you if you need to. Helen, were you going to come in there? Yeah, I was just going to say we basically want to remove any barrier that we discover uh, for a school um, to, to sort of engage with sustainability. If we can remove that barrier in some way or or signpost somebody to something or talk to the DfE about how can you remove that sort of um, that sector barrier I think that that's part of our aim. Um, Absolutely I think as well at this point it's probably worth saying I'm sure listeners will, will agree these things don't just happen any good nope. business leader knows <laughs> that um, so on behalf of the listeners a massive thank you to yourselves and also Julie and Kelly and all of the other people because we know Aww. that the time and the dedication that you put into it um, 
is valuable time that you could be potentially doing something else, but you've chose to do this. You don't get paid for it. It's free um, for people across the country. So on behalf of all those people, thank you. And please Aww. continue to do that. Thank you, Emma. Um, if I wasn't really doing nice. this, I'd just be sleeping. So. Yeah, I know, that's what I was going to say. What are we doing instead? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be endless other things on the business leader to do list. I am sure. Have no doubts about that. Um, great. That's been really interesting hearing a bit about the changes and the developments in the story there. And who knows what the next two years will bring. Um, world domination for UK SSN operations, hopefully. Absolutely. <laughs> so why are we doing this we know um that we need to save the planet basically is the upshot we're in a climate emergency um and i'm sure many of our listeners um will have heard of the dfa sustainability and climate change strategy that was published in 2022 but there may be new listeners new business leaders people new to the profession or indeed um the education system um, so for those people within the document, we know there are several positions for 2025, which still feels a little way away. But actually, if we know we count school weeks, don't we, in education world, there ain't many weeks left nope. in the school calendar <laughs> to 2025 um, to have your own school sustainability lead and climate action plan um, in place. And we know from a lot of members, actually, on our business leader forums, it actually can be a real challenge for business leaders to overcome some of those barriers that you've mentioned there, time, knowledge, funding, the support in moving forward their school or college in their own sustainability journey. So I was just really interested in your views on what practical advice you could be, give people listening now that might just be at that starting point or indeed halfway through their story. What, what thoughts and inspiration can you give them? Mm -hmm. Well, shall I was just going to say, just keep going is the first thing. <laughs> just keep <Yeah>. going. <laughs> but you carry on, Paul. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say, I think I think you're absolutely right to call out some of the barriers. And I think there are generally to um, school business leaders and anyone working in sustainability. It generally boils down to three barriers. Um, one is time. Have I got time to do it? One is money. Have I got any money to be able to do any of this? And one's permission is, am I allowed to do this? Have I got the freedom to do this? And if I kind of take them a little bit in reverse order, I think the permission one is changing because I think people realise we are at a pivotal moment and sustainability, if you're not doing it, that's really problematic. You've got, um, I suppose you've got children and young people who are being through education, through their teaching, through through what they hear in the classroom. They're learning about sustainability and some of the challenges the world faces. Um, they're learning that the world is changing. And for quite a lot of them, they're seeing their world change. So they're seeing it either in real life or they're seeing it in the news. And I think the duty on us to reflect in the school the positive message of action that you can take to sort of um, to, to complement or reflect what they're being taught in the classroom i think if there's a disconnect between those two between what they're taught and what they see that for a child is quite problematic and we need to be there and take that responsibility to actually make that change so when they come out of the classroom they can see they can be involved they can hear that actually our school does care about this it cares about it in how the school runs it cares about it in its outdoor space and and 
make sure those things work that they complement each other rather than clash against each other and i think that because the people there's more people involved it's a growing you know there's growing recognition that sustainability needs to be embedded throughout schools and throughout how they work i think that permission is changing there will still be some who struggle with it but i think there's more and more weight to those that are getting that permission and i think that's really helpful um, in terms of money, I think the business case is clear to invest in it. And I think actually the problem will be those that don't invest in it will see a much bigger long term cost to not investing in sustainability. And I won't go through the whole business case for it. But if money is the problem, then there's ways around that and there are solutions. Um, it doesn't necessarily you don't necessarily need to wait until you've got half a million pounds to put in an air source heat pump. There's so much other stuff you can do that pays back. Um, financially but also in so many other ways um some money i don't think should be a problem go on helen the cheapest kilowatt per hour is the unused kilowatt per hour so there's so much you can do before putting in an air source heat pump there's behavior changes and other um actions that you can take sometimes you don't have to spend money to save money as well yeah absolutely and i say the third thing the third my third barrier is time and I'd say that's the hardest of all of them, if I'm honest. Um, however, we do need to transition. So this is becoming something everybody does. It's not about can I find the time so one school business leader has to solve sustainability. It's about how do I empower everybody in the organisation and every engage everyone in the organisation. So sustainability is everybody's responsibility and everyone gives that and actually just changes, well not not does something in addition, but just changes what they do, changes how they operate. And I think that's I, where that's I was just gonna say it's a bit like safeguarding, isn't it? It should be yeah. everyone's responsibility and not seen as an add-on. And I think that's one of the ways to think about it, isn't it? Maybe to communicate. That's a great analogy, and, absolutely. And uh, health and safety, you know, it's everyone's responsibility. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's an not, example... It's not easy, it's difficult. No. There are there are challenges and it's complicated um, and you need help. And that's where there are organisations like UKSSN and Let's Go Zero and, you know, other networks that will support you to actually reduce the amount of time you need on it because they've got quite a lot of the solutions and ideas already and they're tried and tested in other places so you can just steal them um you know come and steal a policy come and steal a climate action plan and adapt it it's fine um it's not about doing everything all at once either is it so you know keep things simple i had a previous ceo who used to always say keep um keep it simple stupid and it was basically, OK, how can we make this as accessible as possible to the people that we want to engage with this? You know, you're talking about children who could be as young as two in your nurseries up to your 18 year olds in your sixth form. So how can you make this as easy um, for them? So keep it as simple. Maybe just pick three targets. So, you know, you're doing something about improving your school grounds, so improving the biodiversity, you're putting in some pollinator plants. You're reducing your energy consumption and you remove single use plastic. You're concentrating on those three things for a year. You will make a massive difference in that year. But it's a very simple message to help engage other people within that journey to feel part of it by just keeping it. They can remember we're doing energy, we're improving our school grounds and we're removing single use plastic. And straight away, they can engage with that. If you if you shared with them the whole of your climate action plan for the next five years, 
it would be overwhelming. It would be massive, I would have thought. Um, so keep it simple. Try to to make it um, as accessible as it can be without almost dumbing it down, though. So keep it simple, but don't dumb it down too much. You know, it, there is a fine balance. And I think your school business leaders will know that from their own school's context what would what would land well within us within our school if it's not biodiversity this year choose something else for whatever reason but understanding your own school context i think is really important good advice good advice absolutely i think so, also finding finding your allies yeah i think sometimes you forget there's um lots of other people out there who are interested in sustainability it might not be part of their job role but they just have yeah. a personal passion for it um, I found we we put together a, a group of holders to account for our climate action plan uh, and challenges on it and supporters for it. And actually, it's it's one of the easiest committees to put together because once I started talking to governors, there were governors who naturally stepped forward and said, "This really interests me. It interests my family. It's something we talk about. Can I be involved in this? Because I'm part of York, the community, and I want to see the school really really flourish." In its sustainability work so there are allies out there there'll be people in your school you probably don't realize um, are out there who want to get involved i had one of our pe team who you know i wouldn't would never have thought sustainability would be on its radar i don't know why i wouldn't have thought that but it just wouldn't have, and you start talking about sustainability he's like absolutely where how do i get involved what can i do how can i support you how can i support the schools you know he, he now leads um, one of the eco groups in the schools um, he's all over it. So there are allies, there are people out there that will help you. And I think there are allies outside of the organisation. You talked about, you know, people in the in your locality that, you know, your local authority, speak to them. They, they've probably declared a climate emergency. They've probably got a very small team of people that are trying to make change happen as well. So reach out to those in your locality, your parish councils, your town councils, your um, business forums, what whatever. It, it's not just a school issue. This is an issue um, across the, the UK, across the world, unfortunately. And um, right. there are other people that are forming little groups of of activists who are trying to make change happen. Just connect with them. I'll jump on that one, actually, because I know um, a, a fellow UK SSN colleague who works up in Northumberland. Um, oh, no, not too who, far away from me. Yeah, run, runs, a, runs, runs a UK SSN network up there. Uh, Meryl, she's brilliant um she found that she contacted her local authority because she wanted their support talked to the education team realized she wasn't getting it getting anywhere but actually started talking to the local authority sustainability team and they're really keen because they they've got they've got child they've got target they want to engage the community and the school is a great way of engaging your community what a great great way through to engage a large number of people mm. so has, has built a fantastic relationship with her um, local councils and they're providing huge amounts of support both to their the regional UK SSN network up there but also to her schools so there are people out there Helen's absolutely right make those links find those people out there they will support you some great advice there thank you um so one of the sorry Helen were you going to say something there I was just going to say it would be really remiss of us if we weren't to say something about data gather your data because um, that data can help you tell the story to your stakeholders, to your um, 
to your leadership team, whoever it is that you need to engage with the sustainability story, gather your data, show them what your current energy is, what your waste is, what your water is, whatever it is, gather the data. This is our starting point. We want to improve it because of X, Y, and Z. This is how we can improve it. And then in a year's time, you can say, look, look at our data, we've improved it. Thank you very much. Now we want to take it in this journey. So the data can help weave the story and, and, if you, um, and tell the story. And if you're feeling brave, share that data, share yeah. it with the children, share it with the teachers, share it with the community, because it's a great way of opening up and saying, this is who we are. This is where we are right now. It's not where we want to be in one year, two year, five years time. So kind of join us in this journey. Some fab, fab advice there. Thank you. So one of the things um, within the DFA strategy was around the National Education Nature Park. Um, and I know it's something that on calls we've been watching and tracking. And it's went live at the end of 2023, connecting schools and colleges to nature. Um, I don't know if listeners have had a look, but we certainly have. And there was around 735 sites mapped on the interactive map on the website when I last looked. Um, it looks a really good way to connect schools and pupils up to nature there. And one of the things I was um, reading about was around the 15 million grant available to support children and young people in getting outdoors, making green, greater green biodiversity improvements, like what you were saying there about planters, trees, outdoor education. And listeners might not know, there's a list of 1,205 eligible schools um, on that DFE list. So if you are listening, have a look because you might be on the list there. Um, really important. So it's a bit like it, discovering that you've won the premium bonds, isn't it? You know, oh, you know, <laughs> discovered something at the back of a cupboard. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so anything else that you wanted to add around that? Because we're coming to the end of our podcast and I, we've got some news to share. Get get involved. The Nature Park is great. Just get involved. It's free. It's got some fantastic resources. There's some really good science behind it and some really good tech behind it. So it's not only about measuring biodiversity, but it's also about giving children and young people and your staff new skills. Um, so mapping and measuring skills. So if you're thinking about your careers development, there's stuff on there. There slowly they're rolling out more and more features so Helen talked a minute ago about gathering your data it will be able to help you gather data around biodiversity and map improvements in biodiversity um, it engages with teachers engages with young people I think I said it was free it's free so why <laughs> wouldn't you use it it's dead easy to use um, and they're a great team there as well so I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't register for it i think just just crack on and get involved with it Stop. definitely so if listeners want to get in touch or find out more information and get connected to the school sustainability network how do they do that um so you, they can follow us on um on x formerly known as twitter at UKSSN underscore ops group um, we've also got a LinkedIn page, UK School Sustainability Network Operations Group, but it'd be really great if they could actually register to be uh, a member. It's free. I think we've mentioned that before. Uh, and that's via um, the, the website that Neil Limbrick uh, created for us. And that's www.ops.ukssn.org. 
and it will take it probably a few minutes or or maybe a day for your membership to be approved depending on what Paul and I are doing at the time um, and, and then you'll you'll get the login and then you'll be able to um, access all, all those free resources that other colleagues have uploaded um, and have kindly shared. Bob. And it's a wealth of activity because I get alerts all the time saying that there's something being uploaded or changed. Um, so it is an interactive document there for sure. There's also a whole back catalogue of recorded network meetings and events oh, yeah. and articles. So, yeah, there's Good plenty stuff. to get you going. Well, thank you again. And also thank you because Helen and Paul um, come to our business leader online forums and um, that we have every half term. That's one of the things that um, ASCAL are, are doing and have implemented to support people with this. And what we thought was following our great meeting in January, every um, meeting we would have 10, 15 minutes just to touch base. Um, with colleagues and share good ideas, just like what we're doing on the on that network to really help and support people and not feel isolated or feel that they're alone in this. So you're certainly not. So if you don't already come to those, get those um, in the diary. The next one's the 20th of March. Little uh, plug there. <laughs> um, and then finally, I'm absolutely thrilled to share with yourselves. And I know Paul and Helen are mega excited about this. Um, one of the things that we really want to do um, and have now set up is a conference, a face to face conference on the 5th of June in London. Um, and this is for business leaders, heads, CEOs. It is for trustees, it's for governors, it's all around supporting and enabling your sustainability journey. Um, so this really come about from members saying that they wanted some help. So we're thrilled that we're able to respond to that call for help. Um, we're going to be having various different keynotes and speakers. Um, and the main theme is to give you practical advice and support to take back to your school or college. Um, to continue or start indeed this essential work and help build that sustainable culture in your communities. Um, so watch out for more information on there. There'll be various different strands, operations, education, curriculum and biodiversity. Um, so that's 5th of June, which coincides with World Environment Day for us all to step up and, and make some small but important changes going forward. So watch out for that and thank you to Paul Can't wait. and Helen. Amazing. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and what a great way to end the podcast other than to say thank you again for sharing your insights and your knowledge and expertise and your time, um, which is precious to all of us for, um, for the Business Brunch podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Emma. Yeah, really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. The Askell Business Brunch.